Hi, and welcome once again to What's the Damage? Companion show to the incredibly well-known and popular real play D&D show, Roll for Damage. Now with added vitamin D for that sunshiny goodness. Um, so on Friday, uh, the Shields of Twilight decompressed a bit after their trials. There was some dancing, there was some attempted cultural appropriation and a rather morbid post-mortem, um, which served as something akin to a bonding moment. Um, and af after all that, the party then discovered the wonders of fast travel and made it all the way to Zuma, far from the jungle, but not far from their troubles, unfortunately, as the mysterious person they met in the desert all those weeks ago seems to still be stalking their steps. Creepy. <laughs> we'll be talking about that, and then a bit later we'll be discussing um, just designing your very first PC for a D&D game. So that's gonna be fun. As always, stick around after the stream for things to think about, organizations to support, and great places to send your spare change. I'm your host, Truth Fenson, and this is What's the Damage? Welcome back. I have these two wonderful gentlemen with me today. We've got Chad who plays Quinn and we've got Tick who plays Simric. We were just talking about microwaving marshmallows. Yes. Um, it's, the opinion, it's the opinion of the court that you should only do that if you're making crispy cream treat things. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, roasting. Anyway, hi guys. Um, so we had a bit of a quieter episode. Uh, you guys planned your funerals, then you went to Zuma. So what is the damage this time? I mean, I like fast travel. I'd like to unlock that map feature. Just <laughs> be like, I want to go there, and then we're there. That was fun. None Skyrim of these travel. Slog through, through, slog through desert and or jungle. Oh, what? Worms are trying to eat us again. No. We have a free fast travel. We do. But it's a one-off, unless that guy gets turned into a goat again. And we can fix it. I mean... You could turn him into a goat. I mean, I personally like, could but, you know... Blackmail him, I guess? Yeah, yeah. Um, True. Awesome. Yeah, so... Some stuff happened. Um, I do want to start by backtracking a little bit to the episode before last. Uh, because Quinn had some shocking family re revelations. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about that. Yeah. Um, that was an interesting story. I really enjoyed that. And with the way I kind of described uh, what his mom was like, it made sense that she's like, no, fuck that. And then just force her way to the answer that she wanted to the question of, is this baby going to live? You know, mm -hmm. that was that was something I did not think of, but fits pretty perfectly. And yeah, I enjoyed that very much. Yeah. Has this like changed the way that Quinn thinks about himself or thinks about his mom? Um, it reaffirms what he already knew as far as his mom is she in her day was a bad bitch. Um mm -hmm. 
as far as what he thinks about himself, that not so much. That's just like mm-hmm. he he had his life saved by a deity once that he already knew out knew about. What's one more time, you know? So it's That's sort of a like pretty blessed dude. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that part, yeah, he's maybe thinking of like, well, it's odd that it's more than once, but it's not as earth shattering as like had he found out everything was normal this whole time except when you were a baby. You were basically dead, and a god decided, no, you can live. It's fine. That's because he's impressed with your mom. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, but kind of after the revelation and after the trial ended, mm-hmm. uh, Quinn did have a bit of an emotional breakdown. Yes. Why did Quinn, why was he weeping? That was basically just something where he'd been holding together as much as possible through everything because he'd been given the idea that you know there's no way of actually bringing the people that were lost back mm-hmm. it and this was the one place where he was supposed to be able to go and get the absolute answers of what am i supposed to do what is possible and where how am i supposed to do what i'm supposed to do and was told no uncertain terms final answer everybody is dead like all the people that are gone they're dead your home is basically not there anymore for most all intents and purposes and it was just sort of like all of that kind of had to settle on him at some point and that was the time for it and it in his opinion at the moment he was basically just reacting to having lost everything like his Mm -hmm. there's no way of getting his friends and family back uh, and no way of getting his home back and that was just it. He just felt like he lost everything and then just completely fell apart. But then the thing that was interesting about that was right after having the small child just come up, find him, give him a flower present, and then drag him back to the to the feast right then. Mm-hmm. It was an interestingly timed life-affirming sort of thing because through all that, now he's sort of figured out he didn't actually lose literally everything because that was what had him on the ground. I was like, I've lost everything. I've lost everything. I've lost everything. And just mm-hmm. all, like every emotion he had was just pouring out of him there. But then, you know, he gets there and I'm still alive. Um, you know, his sister is still alive. His, he has his friends and maybe everybody's gone. Maybe they're not, but either way, you know, maybe there's still something to go back to if he feels like it. And there, he has more than he thought he did when he was in the moment. Beautiful. <laughs> um, so all of this, this journey that Quinn has taken has had some mechanical consequences. I believe you've switched your class. Yes. Um, congratulations. Thank you. So let, let's talk about it. when did you decide that was going to happen? Well, what so was like the process there? There, there kind of, there kind of was and wasn't like, here, here's what happened. Um, the, the session where we fought plant lavos and didn't do so well at the end i was asked to stay after by our great and powerful leader and then she threw out options of okay so here's what you can do you can either stay a cleric but be a cleric of bane which i kind of thought that was what i was going to end up doing is totally fine with that because even Mm -hmm. after first issue of you know just looking at the like Bane seems like a complete dick. He's actually a pretty all right dude when you talk to him. And I was I was going to be fine if that was just how it went. But like either you can be a cleric of Bane, a cleric of no god at all, or take a look at the fine options offered by fighter, ranger, and paladin and get back to me. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh shit. Okay. Um, <laughs> so then I literally just the next day started using D&D Beyond to test build a bunch of things with the numbers mm-hmm. I already had for Quinn. And I was like, what thing looks most interesting? And I just ended up settling on Paladin because I thought about it with um, the way he's been acting and with what Melora specifically said about how he's literally trying to protect people by smiting everything in front of him with the wrath of a storm. What can do that? Hmm. What actually can literally smite things with the wrath of a holy storm? Paladins can. So I was like, yeah, let's do this thing. Mm-hmm. It's since put my perception in the absolute toilet, but hey, you know, I can fix that later. 
Just I need to live to level 12. You need to see anything. You could be blind. That's true. I'm just going to use her as my seeing eye droid. Can you shapeshift into a dog? <laughs> Probably you can. Get a harness, get the cane, just have the whole thing going. <laughs> oh, that'd be great scam. Sunglasses. I don't know what the second step is, but that sounds like the star of a scam. <laughs> it does, actually, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Step awesome. one, pretend to be a blind person. Step three, profit. <laughs> Lovely. Um, Oh, can we ask, uh, I was gonna say, can we ask you what type of paladin you are, or do we have to wait to find that out? Uh, yeah, no, I'll, I'll, yeah, I just oath of the watchers. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, a paladin thing. Yeah. But yeah, that the one that because um, the one I was the ones I was looking at, I was trying to figure out which one made sense. Had a, some conversations with the DM, and that one ended up being the one that just worked because it's all about things that shouldn't be and things that normal people just can't wrap their heads around mm -hmm. and having that be specifically what you're trying to get rid of in the world and what you're trying to fight and consider so an aberration puncher yes less, actually yeah. that's the best <laughs> way of putting it i punch aberrations oh. i like it Um, I need to get a fist weapon now, <laughs> and then yeah. just use divine smite with said fist weapon, and I literally will punch aberrations. That'd be pretty cool, honestly. I <laughs> know, uh, no, see, I just run, I just run right up under a beholder, so it's uh, mm -hmm. it's magic can't get me, can't get me in. Sure you can. <laughs> oh, lovely! Things to look forward to. Yeah. Um, awesome. So. Uh, Tick, I wanted to backtrack a little bit with you too, um, with Sinric, who uh, had an unexpected visit from a god who hasn't shown up before now, I don't think, or at least not on screen, um, when, when you're doing the whole Oriana resurrection bit. So, and it took, and it took Sinric a little bit to tell the others about it. What does this really mean for Sinric? Like, how familiar was he with Cord before? I think he was decently familiar. I want to well, say, like, uh, like um, I had mentioned in the game, it's one of those where mm -hmm. you know it's he, he followed him because of his family, but never really took much stock. Mm -hmm. And then everything changed, and it's like, okay, well, I mean, this is what it is. I mean, you know, I, I'm in this position; it's me by myself. So it's a matter of kind of like you know, I'd say close to Quinn and understanding what it means to like understand a tenant of you know the tenets of what a god is mm -hmm. but more so having I guess the faith that there is something else out there like I mean he knows there is he talked to him but it's one of those where it's like he still invests in himself rather than another gotcha interesting so I mean maybe that'll get resolved <laughs> hopefully maybe Oh, it's your childhood faith coming to get you. Uh, I mean, you know, emotionally being wrapped up in some type of emotional turmoil. I mean, sometimes people just don't recover from that. They just move forward. So it's... Yeah, oftentimes. Yeah, it could be where going. he eventually takes stock in no God. I mean, or, you know, but for the moment, he's trying to follow this route. I want one of the characters to be an atheist. I think in such a God-heavy environment, that would be very interesting. Dobby was kind of. Um, a little bit. I mean, it'd be an interesting thing to try and play, because it actually reminds me of something from uh, the Dresden Files series. There's a character mm -hmm. in that who has one of the knights of, of one of the uh, swords of the cross, has like a literal nail from the crucifixion worked into the blade, and he's an atheist. And his whole reasoning is, is, I could just be insane, and I could be imagining all this right now, like, because he's asked, how do you, uh, how do you, how are you an atheist when you work, when you basically work for God? Like, what if I don't? So, like, who says? Yeah, that pretty much. Like, who says what is real? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I could, I could be drooling into a pillow right now and hallucinating every single thing that's happened ever since this moment. So, I mean, really, who am I to say? And. It, that would basically be the equivalent in a world where the gods are literally walking around mm -hmm. and fucking with people and, you know, 
encourage them to do great violence in marketplaces and having family squabbles in their temples and such. It, that would be it. Is it basically just the person? Who, well, I mean, either I'm insane or this is actually happening, and I don't know which, mm -hmm. so I'm not going to guess. And there we have it. Fine. Yeah, we reach level it. twenty and wake up and dash, and you know we're all in like an insane asylum. Yeah, there you go. No, you wake up in real life and you're all like accountants. <laughs> just your office D and D game. <laughs> World of Warcraft. There we go. <laughs> uh, wonderful. Um, it's my next campaign mapped out. Anyway, so um, so like you guys had a little bit of a conversation <laughs> kind of like one of the one of those weird conversations you have at like 2 a.m um I like a sleepover kind of those were the vibes I was getting but mm. I something came up like near the beginning I about like what the strengths and weaknesses of the party was um and I was kind of wondering like what what do your characters think their own strengths and weaknesses are I mean hmm. My weakness is anything that targets the mind, like magical. Mm. I mean, that's most of us. Not, immune, not immune to magic. Well, Personal I mean, flaw. more susceptible than people that are necessarily mm. understanding of magic. True. Um, hmm. I'm trying to think what in character Quinn think his weakness is other than just... Low self-esteem. Maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit, but that just that's a, that's just a carryover from the player, honestly. Uh, uh, I think I'm garbage half the time. Wee! <laughs> but um, as far as what he would think his own weakness is, probably the thing he's been criticized about the most is that, like the fact that he can be so stupidly impulsive mm -hmm. and quick to anger, and it has gotten him in trouble enough times that really should think more about that kind of thing. What are your strengths, though? I think you both named a weakness. Mm -hmm. oh, well, he started it, so I mean, I just went off of that. <laughs> Blame it on me. I see how it is. You were literally the <laughs> first to speak, dude. I mean, you said, well, I may, I think my weakness is this, and then you stopped. So I'm like, okay, I guess we're talking about this. Then I just said mine. That's how conversations work, you jerk. Is, are we sure? Uh, this is going to morph into a little lesson in conversational etiquette. Yeah, yeah. How to talk to people. How yeah, to talk to yeah. people. I do not context. do what we do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a great yeah. lesson in what not to do and how to communicate with others. I really am. Stay on topic. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, as far as strengths go, I mean, I, I would say right now my strength would be like fending for myself. Hmm. Um, but that's more of like that self-centered attitude. Um, Independence. More, yeah, but like to the extreme. Like, I mean, mm. if I would be away from everyone, I like I feel the character would be just perfectly fine with that. He is a bit of a loner. Mm. And yeah. I mean, that could also very much balance into a weakness as well. So, I mean, I say it's a strength knowing full well that it might come full circle. Hmm, interesting. I think... For Quinn, it would just be. Hmm, I think I have this. The ability and willingness to throw himself right in front of a line of fire, if that's what has to be done, to make sure people can be safe. Which can also be a weakness, considering the way you just put yours. But yeah, basically being willing to run into the dangerous thing, if that's what has to be done. I feel that would be a character strength. I mean, yeah, I can't yeah. see in a way it also would be known a as bravery. Yeah, it wouldn't be smart, but not a weakness. Well, that's that's where the weakness part comes in is be, is the fact that he is well, willing like, to do that. But well, what like with can... with every sorry with every strength, it's only a strength until it becomes a weakness. Every weakness yes. is only a weakness until it becomes a strength. You know? Yes. It's like oh, what's that one quote? Like the man who sleeps with a knife under his pillow is a fool every day but one. Even things like paranoia can eventually become strengths, all depending on the plot. Mm -hmm. That's true. That's true. Mm -hmm. Everything just ends up being a matter of perspective anyway. You know? yeah. 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 And Serenity has recently assured me that the plot is about to get even more complicated. So. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, would it be one of her games if it didn't get more complicated? True beans. 
like queens, but they're true. Yes. <laughs> the beads of truth. <laughs> oh, wonderful. Uh, that was a terrible joke, and I do apologize. Like, anyway. That would be in a fine. D&D cookbook somewhere. True. Oh. Tr- yeah, yeah, the the beads of truth beans. <laughs> yeah, that's why I serve at my tavern. <laughs> well, I just got awesome. another. I just got a new idea for an NPC. <laughs> Truth. Yes. <laughs> oh, Truth with a tavern sells nothing but beans, exclusively um, beans. Yeah, my my tavern's just called Truth's Tavern. Like I'm eschewing the naming convention, which is like the red something or other. Like it's just Truth's yeah. Tavern. Yeah. Um, oh God, we're gonna find an NPC in the game named Truth, and she's gonna give us a bag of magic beans. We are now. You put that out <laughs> into the universe, so that Bless. means it has to happen. I wouldn't yeah. be opposed to that at all. I'm not. I'm not saying I am either. I'm just saying you're acting like it's not already about to happen the dm's wheels are turning and she's thinking what town would that be in like where do we put this bean here (laughs) okay well you got you gotta tell me all about my npc when they finally show up um okay so i want to talk about something else that you guys talked about though i thought it was kind of weirdly beautiful when you were all making your funeral plans um i honestly don't think that's the worst way to bond but yeah definitely not the worst no Mm -hmm. it was not the worst it was interesting how the whole conversation ended up going because you know it starts off one way of talking about like you know what our strengths are and what are some things that have been noticed lately that we need to try to work on as far as like how we can try to work better and be more cohesive and then it just and then it turns into all right well if we if this doesn't work how do y'all want to be buried, you know? And like, then it got really, really, you know, very real and a little morbid, but not in a bad way. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I measure your heads while you sleep. <laughs> Highlight of the episode. It was oh, the perfect like, levity I mean, to, uh, you know, <laughs> what I would deem like an awkward bonding moment. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was, you know, it was perfect. But like that that was for us characters though. Like in character, Dobby is creepy as hell. Campion. <laughs> or yeah, Campion. Sorry. Dobby dead as hell. Yeah, yeah. Well that's R.I.P. Oh, poor Dobby. R.I.P. That, that was a um never mind. I was about to say that's something I could see Dobby doing as well in that situation. Kind of, actually. I think. Jay brings the comic relief. He brings the best chaotic energy to anything. Um because you and I, you and I were joking about something before uh, before the game started, is I I know he loves weird, stupid character concepts, and I came up with one as a way to basically make an open hand monk, essentially a professional mm-hmm. wrestler. Be- because if you take the if you take open hand monk, one of the things they can do with flurry of blows is knock somebody down after they hit them, and for flavor, you describe that as okay, I kick them, and then I jump on their neck and do a tornado DDT, and then they're down. And he enjoyed this so much that I think in one of the other home games we do, at some point, when we have to uh-huh. roll new characters, we're basically making the Dudley boys. And I want to live this, this reality with him because it would be the weirdest fucking ride of all time. Being like in the sidecar of the <laughs> motorcycle being driven by this fucking madman. Amazing. Oh, okay. Um back on topic yeah, uh, so what what were your guys's first impressions like of zuma it seemed nice except mm. for those very creepy little kids with a dire message i mean aside from the creepy kids it seems to be rather cool and i didn't hear anything so i mean oh, so far well, it seems like a city yes in response he's like do to do going on a date it's all good <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, Zuma seems pretty interesting so far mm-hmm. because, I mean, we, we've seen very little of it, but uh, what we have seen seems to be better than other places we've sort of stumbled into because it seems mm-hmm. to be, you know, I don't know. From what we've seen so far, it seems to be almost like the D&D version of the hyper-planned community. Like everything has such specific sections of functional city yeah but like one that was instead of growing over time one that Mm -hmm. was designed exactly to be this way 
Like everything is in this section for this reason. Everything is in this section for this reason. Not things are in this section because a guy opened a butcher shop once and then a bunch of other people decided to open butcher shops over there. Now it's the meat packing district, you know? Like it's, it seems to be more like there was intelligent design behind this whole thing and now it's here fully formed. Interesting. Almost like they had, you know, let's say like a city planner. Yes, yeah. exactly. And they didn't, and they were able to execute the city plan very quickly as opposed to over a long period of time in which things can get jacked up. Modern. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so let, let us touch on the um, slightly less nice bit of Zuma, which was his creepy kids. So it does yeah. seem you guys are being stalked by um, that very goth entity. Yes. Talk to me about it. You did freak out a little bit in character about this happening. The group in general, not necessarily you two in specific, specifically. Right. I mean, we at this point, we knew that we were being stalked by mm -hmm. this person. It's just the occasional reminder that, yes, this is absolutely a thing that we have to worry about, is being stalked by this person is something that Honestly, we should just expect any time we go anywhere at this point. And it's one of those things where you, it's like you remember that there's bad news, but then you mm -hmm. forget about said bad news because you go on doing other stuff and the bad news doesn't really come back to bother you. And then all of a sudden you get reminded like, oh, right, that thing I should be worried about. It's still there. Yeah. It's like, like the oh, sword right. of Damocles is over your head, but you don't look up often enough to remember that the sword is there. But then, you uh -huh. know, you hear a bird, you look up like, oh shit, that sword is still there, gonna kill me at any moment. Like, oh yeah, that doom's still creeping, huh? <laughs> yeah. I, I would like to think of it as a pendulum. You know, it, uh. it's just there and going and like ever inching closer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. It's a very slow pendulum, but yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, good point. I like my idea. Yeah. We should just talk to him. I mean, I we could try, not but- the worst um, idea. I, I mean, that's that's in my head. I mean, it's like the pragmatic approach. Get so or yeah, to send least, him. You know, yeah, yeah. I don't think we'd have to. With, just, with how much they're mm -hmm. stalking, I think we just have to ask. Mm -hmm. Just start talking at random, like, like hey. hey. Yeah, yeah. Hey, what's up? I think that would be probably quite interesting. It, Possibly fatal, but you it, might learn I mean, some stuff. He, yeah, he might, right before death. I mean, that's, that's every D and D interaction, you know. It's also dire. Um, that's why you planned your funerals. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I mean, me as a character, I, I have my opinions on if it would be fatal or not. But I mean, mm -hmm. we we would see. Yeah, true. You would see. Okay, awesome. Um, so, when's the wedding? I can't believe Baltaim doused himself with love potion. What do you mean you can't believe? Yeah, I can I believe say, like, every second of it. Fantastic. I that couldn't was, have hoped for better. <laughs> I, that was the most peak Baltaim moment of the entire game so far. Mm -hmm. Much like the whole thing with Campion having pie charts and graphs and Batman-like observations yeah. about our weaknesses and 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 you know like and strengths and measurements for our heads at least mm -hmm. that was the most perfect peak campion moment in the same episode as the peak of baltaim of what's the free sample no i'm just gonna drink it and yeah, yeah, we'll find out what it know, is love is in the air wonderful delightful i love it so yeah no <laughs> get i'm not in this conversation man come on not yet That's not yet you. I mean, I have a plan in my head. Oh, you which, um, out. <laughs> will basically fit to the character mm -hmm. and also, you know, just like buy time. Because <laughs> awesome. I, mean, I mean, I think it only I don't lasts wanna, for an hour, right? I, I don't necessarily want to do anything that's going to, you know, split us up too much given the circumstance mm -hmm. of what just happened. But mm. on the same token, I mean, you might as well have a little fun. Oh, yeah, obviously. Sometimes you got to steer into the skid. It's oh, not yeah, like I'm, definitely. you know. And even then, it's not in character to just, you know, like leave one of your companions mm -hmm. off on their Hi. own devices. Yeah. Yeah. 
especially when they are impaired. Uh, we don't know what else that potion does, do we? Nope, we do not. But I get the feeling we'll find out. Okay. Well, I'm very much looking forward to Baltime and Sinric like in one of those little swan boats. Just like yes. <laughs> They're in a swan paddle boat just out there in the middle of a lake. I don't even know if there's a like a water source nearby. I think there's oh, a river. There is, yeah, there, yeah, there's a big lake on the map. Yeah. Yeah, oh, oh, there oh no, there's there is definitely a place to go. Um as far well, as whether there's swan paddle boats, I bet yeah, you there are now. <laughs> there weren't before. I do have two other stops planned first before that. Mm-hmm. You gonna take him to a nice lunch? I wasn't planning on it, but oh. no, he's gonna take him to a terrible lunch. You know. Oh. Unfortunately, this is good enough gonna be a good Lot, Lots of dairy, you know, you know, sure he's lactose intolerant, and there you go. <laughs> Why did you assume that? I mean, you know, I mean, it's common. Yeah. And then you're stuck um, in a boat, and you know, where are you going to go? But you're also stuck in the same boat. So self-sacrifice <laughs> moment. Here's victory. Nope. There's also that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Sorry, just said that Bal- point out that Baltane is not a stranger to pooping his pants. Yeah. Direct quote. Uh, great. Uh, on that note, let's move on to yes. our topic for the day. Um, so our topic is creating your very first PC. Yay. That's something we've all we all did a long, long, long time ago because we're old and nerdy. Um, yes. Since we're on the yeah. topic of creating our first PC, mm-hmm. I feel it would be nice to specify that PC means player character. Yeah, given the not audience, your first computer. Yeah. 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 To to clarify, we're talking about player character, not um, first computer. Although, if you built a computer and you want to talk about it, I can give you a minute. Um, <laughs> I have not. Yeah. I yield my time. <laughs> Lovely. Yeah, this this group is not the computer building side of the family. Really? Really? Uh, a couple of us are, but I I, I do that for a living. Yeah, as I say, oh, a, well, a couple of us that are that, like involved in this call right now are. I'm, I just ain't one of them. Only one was on camera though. Um, yeah, a couple of us. They're like, who are you talking about? <laughs> it's Serani. She's here too, but only in the background. She's always um, here watching. Okay, cool. So. I thought we had done this topic already, but we we hadn't, it turns out. So I guess the, thir- the very first question is, when you're designing your first character, where do you even start? So where do you start? I mean, I guess would be like, I, I would say for someone that's never played D&D, if you start at like a starter module, mm-hmm. I would take a close look at the character sheets that they include because that at least gives you a baseline as to what you can aim for. Because then you don't have to worry about, oh, I have to roll for stats. You don't have to worry about setting up arrays, um, depending on how the stats are created. It takes one of those more kind of like tedious aspects of it and just kind of says, hey, here's this character, you know, give it your name, give it, you know, like your personality Mm -hmm. and off you go. Yeah, I kind of had that experience once when I showed up uh, to do like an adventurers league something a few several years ago and i did not have a character prepared or at least i had one but they were not playing the edition that i had made the character for mm-hmm. so i just grabbed one i was like okay i'll be i'll be this fighterman and then just flavored it how i could as i went just on like just trying to figure them out as i as i played along he was like noble fighter i was like hmm Oliver Queen before the boating accident. Let's go. And then just went with it. But um, whenever you're making like the first character, my thing would be just figure out what it is you want to do and how, and then just go from there. Like, do you want to hit stuff? Do you want to hit stuff because you're really mad at it? Do you want to hit stuff just because it's your job? Do you want to hit stuff because God told you to, you know? Do you want to hit stuff and then run away and have no one know you were there? Or do you want to be Jackie Chan? Like that sort of thing. And then when it gets into the casting thing, like how do you like how do you want to do the magic? Do you need do you want to be able to like study and learn stuff? Do you want to just know things because you just know things? You know, like just 
exactly what flavor of experience do you want? Do you want to be a jock mage or a nerd mage, essentially? Uh, Kind of, yeah. Jock mage, sorcerer. Nerd mage, artificer, and wizard. See, I, I would even preface that by saying if it's your very first, you know, character in foray into the game, mm-hmm. maybe stay away from something that's a full caster, just because there can be complicated mechanics that go into that, unless you're playing something like a low-level campaign. Yeah, if you're playing, for, if it's your very first character and you're starting at level one, then whatever, take whatever you want. But there is, I, I agree, there is a certain level at which picking up the character sheet of say a wizard for the first time you've ever been at a table is at best daunting Mm -hmm. and at worst confusing as all hell because then you okay um i have 90 spells apparently um what does that one do and i cast magic missile at the darkness and Okay, it's darkness. Your magic missile goes in there. Did it do anything? No, it's darkness. Did it light it up at all? I mean, it says like bolts of force that are like lights or something. I don't know, man. Then it's yeah, just it gets awkward, probably like just at like at a certain point. But yeah, like level one, whatever. Level choose your own adventure carefully. Yeah, I mean that. It- I, I would be on the train of thought to do something in like the martial category. I mean, fighters always make great first characters because you mm. don't have a lot of mecha- uh, mechanics that go with the fighter, depending on the type of fighter you choose. Um, mm. Rogues would probably be another good one because, I mean, mm. you get a lot of like passive bonuses baked into the class, unless you do like an arcane trickster or something like that, which complicates it. But I mean, stuff like that are great for first point because you have the ability to focus on what you can do and you don't have like 50 million things that you don't know what they are. Mm-hmm. I, I think the exception to that would probably be like a moon druid would be nice for someone that's, you know, never played the game because I mean, they're durable and they still offer that kind of like in your face approach. And to be honest, if you're only worried about wild shaping, you have spell slots to heal and how many wild shapes you can do. Hmm. True. Need advice. Um, so what was everybody's first character then? Mine was, of course, a wizard and a <laughs> necromancer. Nice. Then <laughs> that's all you need to know about me. Um <laughs> Is it because now I want to know more about this necromancer wizard? I only got to play them for like a few weeks. <laughs> oh, I see. Sadly. That's too bad. Mm-hmm. Mine was sorry, go on. Uh, sorry um mine was the for the very first time i tried playing D ever mine was a fighter mm-hmm. they died that session Bad. and well i actually didn't completely die said session was knocked unconscious nearly died said session mm-hmm. and then was able just to sort of lay around until people got to him closest to the end of said session I mean, my first character was a cleric, uh, a light, uh, life domain cleric, and I had a fascination, a dwarf cleric at that, and a mm-hmm. fascination with taking the arms of the fallen enemies as trophies. Do you make like a little belt out of them? I clipped them onto my belt. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Oh. <laughs> that wow. Yeah, like a, like a Hindu god, like Shiva, I think, had like a belt of legs or something. In hindsight, it probably would have smelled really bad at yeah. some point, very unhygienic and mm-hmm. very against what being, you know, a cleric from Moradin would have been. But, yeah. you know, hey, it was your first character. So, oh you God. know, this yeah, sounds great. Is. You're a dwarf. So, OK, Moradin it is, you know, so you're, just, you're just experimenting at that point. Yeah, you know? exactly. Plus, you know, if you're a cleric, just keep gentle repose on the ready, and then you can keep things from decomposing and being super gross on your belt. I mean, that this was also the same character that dropped a potion of healing on the ground and decided to lick the ground to see if it would still heal him. So, Did it? Uh, yeah, the, the DM was, you know, gracious and, and offered half healing. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it was, yeah, 
you, you, you lick dirt, you got a little bit of healing from that, but, you know, don't expect it to be a full potion. That character sounds extremely fun, I have to be honest. I mean, yeah. Such commitment to the aesthetic, too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it was one of those where it's like, it was completely fun. I didn't expect anything out of it. It was mm -hmm. no story. It was just, okay, what's the outland, out, most outlandish thing I can do here? And you, you found that. And, and that's kind of how it was mm -hmm. for like three weeks, four weeks, and then the game just stopped. Mm. Sad. So. Rip. Um, so if we can cast our minds back uh, however many years, like how'd you get the concept for your first character? Like what was the process there? I mean, I, I'll go first because I don't have a very long answer. My mm -hmm. concept was I had no idea what I was doing. And I was told fighters were pretty simple. So I went for it. That was just, that's all I really had for that one. But I mean, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah that, that's why I was told as well, fighters are really good. And I'm like, I don't want a party full of fighters and barbarians. I'll play a cleric. And well, yeah, I was bad at spells. I was bad at everything except hitting things with a hammer. But, you know, it worked out in the end. I mean, it was all about fun. I, you know, yeah, had a garbage stats all across the board. I think I main mm -hmm. strength in like, yeah, my wisdom was really low. Oh, as no. a cleric. So it was like, you know, but, it, it, you know, you learn. Mm -hmm. Ideally, yeah. yes, you do. Ideally, yes. Yeah, my concept was I wanted a zombie army. Um, don't we and all? Don't we all? And I, I don't realized, want a zombie army. I realized that if you go necromancer, it doesn't become like useful until like level four. Mm, Before yeah. that, you're just like a bad wizard. <laughs> See, I just want to play a druid and get to have a squirrel army. That, that's all yes! I want. Yes. My God, that's so big brained. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I just, people would laugh, but Doreen Green, a.k.a. Squirrel Girl, thinking, is yeah. the most yep. powerful character in the Marvel Universe because she can get every squirrel. Every squirrel. It depends on your canon. To but, do you her know, bidding. She has to take it down what Doctor Doom, Thanos, Juggernaut, uh -huh. yeah. all yeah. of them. She can kick ass with the best of them because literally every squirrel. Think about that for a minute. <laughs> Not just the ones that you can see, all of them coming also, out and doing the bidding of one person. Of invisible squirrels. <laughs> She's also the babysitter for Luke Cage. Mm -hmm. well, because who else are they gonna get? Yeah, yeah. She's the perfect. She's the perfect babysitter because I, she can make any girl's Disney princess dreams come through, come true. Just calling squirrels in, having like do her hair, and Aww. she know. even fought Wolverine too. Yeah. Did she ever fight Deadpool? I have to, no like, idea. I mean, if she hasn't, that I mean, needs to happen. I'm just, yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah, Marvel, take notes. Take notes, Marvel. Um, ooh, what if she turns up in like Deadpool three, which is never going to get made sad? Um, okay, yeah. Before I go into a deep depression, thinking about how much I want Deadpool three, let's move on to the next question. So, um, I think. I think Tick may have uh, mentioned this a little bit with like looking at the pre-made character sheets. I have seen it recommended or suggested at least that if you really, if you're new and you really don't know what to do, you could, you should just use one of the pre-made sheets. Is there value in that? Do you think? I think it's a good place to start. Yeah. I mean, 100%. Especially yeah. if, you know, you're trying to learn what a sheet is, what a character sheet is. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like if you're making your very first resume, you don't, you know, just open a blank Word document and write your first resume. No, you go mm -hmm. to a resume template for what you want, and then you start there. Yeah, and I think the, the pre-made sheets are a good jumping off point if you're trying to teach yourself how to play, mm -hmm. and you're in a setting where the other people there may or may not have the time to make sure you understand things like in a, a home game that I've tried to do periodically. Uh, it's me, Laura, and her brother and his girlfriend, neither of whom have played D&D before. And we basically just held their hands and walked them through character creation and then just 
since we play a buttload of D&D, we can explain things to them as they go. And yeah. it won't really detract from anything. But if you're like the one person who is just trying to figure out which die is which mm -hmm. at a table of people who've been playing for a while, then you want to be able just to pick up something where you can just sort of try to play a little fast and loose. Like, okay, I, I attack and then just see what happens. And it's easier to do that if something else has already figured out the math for you. Yeah. Or even to compound that, um, say you d you're not starting at a home game, say you're going to like a comic shop or a game shop that yes. just offers like a D&D &D night. I mean, they tend to run pretty fast because, I mean, they got to get through everything. Mm -hmm. So having something pre-made like that, just, mm -hmm. you know, I, I'm sure the people that are offering to DM in those situations will be like super grateful just for that because they can focus on mechanics and not, okay, well, you know, how do I get this stat? How do I get that stat? I mean, you know, what do I do? How do I make a character sheet? What am I supposed mm -hmm. to do with this? Right. I mean, it, yeah, it, it takes a lot of that away from the first game. Yeah, they appreciate the first thing you just show up, pick up any character sheet, and be like, okay, I'm a rogue today. And then just go. be okay with it. Yeah. Useful for pickup games. Um, so they have value, but I mean, it's not like the best, but they definitely have value. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So have you two ever like played a pre-made sheet or no? Um, I haven't played one, but I actually have a pile of them on my shelf above my bed. Mm. Uh, I have in like I because like I mentioned, I showed up for like an Adventurers League thing once, and I just took the character of the fighter that was that was available, and I did that one for a couple of, for like a couple of sessions before I just you know didn't have the time to keep going anymore, and I was going to make something interesting out of it. Just because, you know, I tried putting some thought into, okay, what's this guy's deal? Not really much time for anything serious and deep. Just came with the spoiled rich kid going adventuring thing. And it was fun, you know, because uh, anything is basically what you can make out of it. Yeah, true. It's an outlet for your creativity. Mm -hmm. um, so sort of on that note, like, do you find... Um, like, do you find designing characters easy now, like both mechanically and kind of like personality lore wise? I find it fun, not easy. Uh -huh. I mean, um, it's... yeah, sorry, gone. No, I was, I was, I was agreeing with you. Like, I mean, yeah, it, it's, it's both. <laughs> yeah. I mean, sometimes the more challenging it is to pull something off, the more reward you get out of it. I mean, sometimes it's not about making the most like pristine or optimal character, but mm -hmm rather you know finding something to make this work and that work that makes you know the most interesting character yeah i i mean now it's it's basically something where i don't try to think too hard about what something would end up being i just sort of go yeah. like okay i guess that makes sense with whatever it is i'm trying to do with said character uh on other things it's been more about like what do I do with these numbers to make sure this guy sucks as little as possible? And now it's like, ah, he might suck at stuff, but what story could be told? So, yeah, I mean, sometimes it's more fun to play. It, it's going to sound bad when I say this, but a character that may have a stat that's beneath what you're capable of doing, mm -hmm. instead of always trying to strive for something that's above what you're used to doing. Because, I mean, it, it, you know, I, I kind of equate that to, yeah, um, to the critical role situation with Grog. I mean, for a character that literally had such low intelligence, it's like, okay, well, me as a player am not that dumb, but mm -hmm. what would, you know, this person do? So sometimes that's more fun, you know, just from mm -hmm. an RP angle. So, I mean, just because you roll a bad stat in something doesn't mean it's not going to be fun. Mm, very true because you know in most situations just go off the same example grog was completely stupid tactically though he was kind of brilliant yeah so, so i mean kind of intelligent yeah it, it came out in other weird ways i mean moral story is it's okay to be bad stuff especially when it's funny yeah. um <laughs> or like you know everyone that dumps charisma because it's usually mm -hmm. not needed mm-hmm 
or you know yeah it's so like then you have, why you're also awkward yeah exactly if you think about it an adventuring party probably would be relatively awkward i mean no one would really want to go around you because uh -huh. you don't shower on a normal basis i mean you're yeah. surrounded by gore from killing things to probably hunt and stay alive i mean yeah. you know, i just know you're, you're not exactly fun people to be around. Yeah, you just have to hope that someone in your party has prestidigitation so they can clean the funk off periodically. Yeah, like every yeah. time you go into town, just like take a quick little prestidigitation mm -hmm. session. Go in town covered in blood, quick, do, do, do the thing, meh. Yeah, you actually <laughs> made me think about something though because Quinn yes. has been an awkward character. He's now a charisma-based character. Yes. And probably is still going to be very awkward. You'd think that. But charmingly so now, mechanically. <laughs> well, you'd think that, but I'm trying something with him, which oh. is, because I kind of, I'll just go back in part one of said show, mm -hmm. uh, because before he was trying to like, still trying to figure himself out, like, what am I even doing? Why was like, why was this something I was chosen for? Am I doing this right? He now has a thing that he chose to do this. Like, this is mm -hmm. something he is now in full command of what he is doing. Mm -hmm because he figured out how he would be best suited to do what is being asked of him. And he made that choice. So now he doesn't really have all the anger and self-doubt anymore. And now it's just gonna go with, he's more assured of what his mm -hmm. role is and what he's supposed to be doing. So you just wait, man, you just wait. Uh, so I mean, newfound confidence that may shine out. That's just what I was gonna say. Yeah. Uh, well. Sorry, Tick, for stealing no, your exact fine. words out of your mouth whenever I yanked them. Anyway. <laughs> uh, delicious. Um, so uh, we were talking about this a little bit before, um, but do you think do you think it's better to try something like simple for your first character, like rather than trying to dive in head first into all the weird mechanical stuff? Definitely. Yeah, it, it just depends on how much of a learning curve you have, because, you know, if it's like we were saying earlier, if you're starting at, you know, level clown shoes, then it doesn't really matter what you pick because you're sort of going to sort of grow into the character and into the role and figure it out as you go, you know, because you can start anything off from level one. And then unless you're in a game where you're being power leveled really, really fast, mm -hmm. you'll have an, enough time to just figure out everything like okay uh this is how this stuff works and okay now that i'm looking at these other spells i'll get later uh this is how these would work i think i understand this and you know it if you've got the time to think about it you could be pretty much whatever you want but if you don't then yeah no marshall straight up is like the easiest way to go because you have less to think about and nothing to prepare i i say definitely but it's one of those where i i think the more appropriate answer from me would be it depends on the support circle that you're playing mm. with yes um because if you are playing with a support circle that understands the game and has the patience to work with you then yeah you could technically pick anything you want and make it work but if you're playing that you know with somewhere that's a little bit more fast paced or you don't necessarily have that support circle where someone's willing to help you with your character mm -hmm. then having a character that is already made or has less ability you know, active abilities would be better for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, fair point. Okay. Um, so kind of related to that, like to what degree do you think designing a first character as um, as a as a player should be like a collaborative process with the DM? Because oftentimes I think DMs will assist people making like new sheets. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I think it kind of depends on what sort of situation you're rolling into with a DM, like to use, you know, to use our DM as an example, this DM comes to the table with pages upon pages upon pages of lore of a world that is built of all these different lo diverse locations and things that someone would need to know. So if you're going to go in building first character and you don't really know what you're going to do, and where your character would fit, then you definitely need to have a nice long sit down of, okay, um, uh, I wanna do something like this. Like, okay, well, you could do this, 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 this. Here are some places maybe you could have been from, some stuff that you could have done, things you might know about. And like, okay, yeah, that sounds pretty cool. How do I translate that into math? 
and mm -hmm. then it it would make it a bit more of an organic experience a little bit easier to process you know because then you're thinking less about how you build this person out of numbers and who this person is and then the numbers just become sort of a secondary thing like okay so then that's how this would work and it it'd be a little bit easier to think about really that way I think the first question would probably be like, what is the level of RP going into a game? Because yeah. with, with the Maya, depending on that answer, you could just roll up a character and not have to worry about, you know, backstory or anything like that. You don't yeah, have to worry like about making call. pieces fit. Yeah. yeah or, but if you're going to play like a, you know, an RP heavy game, then, you know, yeah, you got to talk to the DM. You got to work with the DM because they're going to know the story they want to tell and they're going to have the pieces of the puzzle to fit everything together. But they're also building that puzzle upside down so you can't see it. Mm -hmm. Yes. So yeah, it, it it depends on the type of game. Yeah, that's that's actually what I, was, what I was talking about. I just did not mention that part of the point. So thank you for filling that in. Uh, like the, if you are doing RP heavy campaign, then yeah, you gotta, you have to work for the DM from the ground up because Otherwise, nothing you're doing is going to make any sense for you or for the DM. And then if it's not making sense for either of you, no one else at the table is going to have any idea what you're doing either. So, yeah, that's and, the way to make everything make the most sense. And don't take it personally when someone tells you no, because, mm -hmm. I mean, they have an idea of what's in mind and they know if it's going to work or not work. So, yeah, don't, don't take it personally if, I mean, you create an idea and someone says, hey, this isn't going to work. Right. let's maybe do this instead or right. you know like, come back to me with something else right like if you want to basically try to make a character that's batman that's not going to work in a lot of settings so if you try and come on the table with that like okay yeah, i want to do this um don't know how that would work but how about something over in this neighborhood you know like because usually a good you know a good dm will, won't come back with a flat absolute no unless your request is so far out and so ridiculous that there's no there's no possible way of using it as a jumping off point it were instead of a yes and it'd be no but and then you know something that can you can be moved toward instead like something you weren't thinking about or didn't know existed like all right well that that there's no way that will work might i interest you in x at your time of need yeah and, and i'm pretty sure you know, yeah well, I mean, would he be a monk? He's a monk. I think he might be like a Kensei monk. Well, he doesn't use like weapons. I mean, he does use weapons, like not like weapons, weapons. Mm. Um, monk, rogue, multi-class. Interesting. Mm. Oh, Interesting. so you're saying Dobby would have been Batman. <laughs> it's it's Jay. Amazing. It, okay. There's um, no way it wouldn't have been eventually. You're right. <laughs> Okay, so uh, before we wrap up, is there anything to like avoid when you're making your first character? Like, is there anything to watch out for, or just not over a complication? Yeah, I was gonna say the same thing. Yeah, don't go too crazy on what you want to do because I mean, at this point, any nerd has seen hours and hours and hours, or at least has had the ability to have seen hours and hours of other people playing D&D &D with such elaborate storytelling involved. Mm -hmm. Like Critical Role alone is but, masterfully put together, but that's not every single table, nor should it be. So like, don't, you don't have to go in with the expectation of you need to be able to tell a story like it's a fucking masterclass. You know, just if you want to come up with something quick, dirty and stupid, great. Do something quick, dirty, and stupid. Sometimes very interesting stuff can grow out of quick, dirty, stupid starting oh, yeah. points. I mean, to elaborate on that, you know, I, I know you mentioned, you know, big productions. Some of those productions are, you know, trained actors and stuff like that. They have ex a lot of experience with, you know, portraying stuff like that. Mm -hmm. You know, don't try to measure yourself up to something like that. Yeah. Um, you know, a game. I mean, I, I would venture to say stay away from cliches, but, you know, cliches are there for a reason. I mean, you're an adventurer because your parents are dead. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's cliched, but it's almost dead. tried and true yeah. in, in mean, the event of D&D. It's something yeah, some that things really are trite because they're, they've just been done, they've been done so many yeah. times because yep. that's what works. 
Yeah. And th there's nothing wrong with the whole idea of I'm an orphan and I'm on the road. Great. Yep. Or you're a noble and you just like stabbing the poor people. Also <laughs> classic. Or uh -huh. you ran away from a failed marriage or, you know, you killed a bunch and of you people like and stabbing. you ran away and yeah. <laughs> you have so to like stabbing. You... This is central to all characters. <laughs> okay. <Right>. Um... <laughs> lovely okay that is our time for tonight thank you both so much for being on and talking about your uh various things um so uh thank you to the audience for tuning in for another wonderful episode of this uh, make sure to tune in on friday for the next episode of roll for damage where we'll actually get to see that date going on. i know we're all super excited about this um, i ship those crazy kids so hard be the highlight of the week for all of us i know uh yes. tune in next tuesday for more of this we'll be talking about the aftermath of that day and the um i guess probably giving out wedding invitations i will i would assume um uh, first we come we'll save find the dates out. I mean, but yes you know <laughs> Save the dates Maybe. first. You're right. If you're gonna do it traditionally, I'm just saying. I never save, save the dates are first. Just make sure. Okay, Chad's free. been married. He's he's an expert on this. I've not been married. I don't know shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Friday. Check out our Discord. We have lots of memes. Check out our store. We have lots of t-shirts and mugs and cool shit. Um, check out our Twitch page, our YouTube, our everything else. Um, Thank you to Sunburn Lady Meows for doing our beautiful logo and amazing theme music. And I hope you all have a great Tuesday night. Farewell. Adios. Bye.